Welcome to Red River Valley Today, a public service of East Texas Broadcasting, where we talk to people who make this a great place to live. Here's your host, Eric Kaufman. Our guest this morning, Jenny Wilson, Executive Director, United Way of Lamar County. And I feel like there should be a confetti bomb going off right now <laughs> because you you exceeded your goal. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely awesome. But the last... 48 hours, we were still like 20,000 away. I mean, it was a nail-biting, like, what are we going to do? I was emailing, I was calling. You were calling. looking to have to make cuts. I was so nervous. And then um, Delco Trailers, Willie Dyke, who just joined our board, he um, gave us $12,000. And that is really what pushed us over. So now, thank you, thank you, Delco. I remind everybody, if you meant to do it and you didn't, you can still do it. Oh, you can give any time of the year. Right. Yeah, you can always give. Um, you can always get online. Um, we have more people this year doing monthly deductions online. So that's fantastic. So easy. Set and forget. Yes. We're at uh, Lamar County UW.org. Or you can always mail us a check, Post Office Box 1, Paris, Texas 75461, or come by my office, 2340 Lamar Avenue. Um, we're not doing a big push for Giving Day, which is next Tuesday. Yeah, we usually do. Yeah. We just finished our campaign, but generally we will get some, even though we don't really push it, who will just come by and say, hey, it's Giving Tuesday. Here's a check. So that's always nice. That is nice. Okay, so now uh, some of your planning can be executed. Yeah, actually we had a board meeting Thursday night and the board voted to approve the 2024 budget. Um, once again, we passed a deficit budget, but I have an amazing board that believes it is more important to give out to the community and to assist than to um, stockpile cash. Stockpile, right. So we, we have good, strong cash flow, so we did pass a very a steep deficit budget. It's like 125000 projected loss. Yes, please keep giving. Yes, yeah, so please keep giving because really, I mean, our, our overhead is as slim as it can possibly be. And I always tell people, you know, my, my salary is covered by a grant from the RAM Foundation. So n- there's not even a penny of a donation going to my salary. And um, we've got really, really low overhead. So if we had a cut, we'd have to cut assistance, either assistance to our partner agencies or some of the direct assistance programs we do. And we just don't want to do that. And partner agencies, we have some new ones this year. Uh, we've got one new, new one. one. A new one. Right. That's Keep Paris Beautiful. Right. Last time I was here, we talked about our fall sweep. It was incredibly successful. The city, um, we partnered with the city and Keep Paris Beautiful. And they were very, very skeptical that we were actually going to get houses to sign up. We actually had to stop accepting houses. We had 16 families call us and ask us to come clean up their front yard. So it was. It was fantastic. I hope we get to do it again next year. Huge shout out and thank you to Credit Union of Texas. They um, provided breakfast. We had wonderful breakfast burritos from Roosters up in Reno. Um, And then we had uh, coffee from Paris Coffee. And we had about... 35 to 40 volunteers, um, including the mayor and the city manager. They both came out and helped, which I thought was really great. The mayor has been very busy lately because he spoke at the Veterans Memorial. And then he's, uh, I guess, going to speak before the Christmas tree lighting. And maybe he's doing the actual Christmas tree lighting, too. Probably. Uh, he's he's fantastic. I know, you know, I'm also on the Paris Housing Authority Board. And... Um, 
he was very active with us this week as well with uh, something I can't talk about yet. But, um, yes, he's very busy, very involved. Why did you say that? Now I want to know. <laughs> well, I realized as I started talking, I'm like, this is not. It, it yeah, will okay. be. It will be soon. And you'll be very excited about it, Eric. It's 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 a really exciting. I, I have to admit now, if I were uh, a person of means, I have seen I get the Zillow email. Yeah. And I, there's some properties that came up for sale this week, just old, rundown houses. Oh, neat. For, so, as houses go these days, inexpensive, that yeah. if you put uh, some money into it, could really turn it into either a really nice rental property, or you could actually live there. Yeah. Uh, or resell the house, or flip the house, even. Well, you know, uh, there's I'm, just a bunch of houses like that inside the loop in Paris. Yes, and I'm hoping that that eventually happens. You know, I lived in Chicago for eight years and really saw neighborhoods just totally go from, you know, you wouldn't even want to walk through there in broad daylight to some of the nicest neighborhoods in Chicago. And I keep hoping that that will happen here in Paris. One of my very favorite neighborhoods in Paris is um, on the other side of Collegiate from Crockett. There are some really old, beautiful homes in there, little bungalow homes, southern homes with these big porches that are just beautiful. And I've started to see some um, some renovation happening exciting? in that you know, neighborhood. I go home the same way every day, and it's yeah. just amazing to me over the course of these months how many things have changed, like the the uh, the the uh, rental properties that they're building on Cherry yes. Street. Uh, and you know, and I watched them get built, and now they're for rent. Yes. And I mean, I wish the rent was a little less, but I mean, as yeah. things go, they're very competitive, so they're yes. not exorbitant. But well, we okay, need it. That's we... not true. Yeah. Everything's exorbitant. Yes. But yes, I mean, as you know, with our rental assistance program, we really get to see what rent is. I mean, I, I'm I'm seeing leases every day come across my desk and talking to landlords and. We need every single one of these properties that are being built. I mean, we have such a deficit of affordable housing or just rental properties. Right. And so I'm really hoping that there will be some trickle well, up. Of course, they built that. And then right next to it, it looks like they're going to build the same setup right next to it. So I yes. think it's like one, two, there's probably eight places there. And there's going to be eight more right next to it. And you've seen more and more now with these vacant lots, at least in town, where they're putting up uh, multi housing things they're not apartments but right you know like duplexes and triplexes yeah, and things like that very very nice too yeah and we need all that you and know, they all come now because the thank you home and garden television they all come with an open at least living room kitchen yes yes floor plan thing and yeah you know. they're really nice and uh you know last week we had uh the section eight waiting list open up again and so i know that there were 84 people who started waiting in line at 3 30 in the morning to turn in those applications and so that's a great great program too and i really urge landlords out there to please become a section eight property some facebook posts where you see rentals a lot uh and that's where i saw a lot of no section eight uh in the listing i have seen section eight now listed as one of the things that they will accept yeah good and uh i'm glad to see that because you know you and i've talked about it a bunch it's it's for that's easy money 
I mean, uh, you're, you're going to get guaranteed it's a, the it's money. It's a guarantee. And it does make sense on a lot of the new builds because you do have to pass an inspection. And some right. of the problem that we had, you know, a couple years ago, um, the Homelessness Coalition pushed so hard to get these very bare minimum rental standards. Do you remember that? And that mm-hmm. ordinance passed. And, you know, if you have if you have a window hole, there has to have a window I think in the it. the only people that were mad were certain landlords Right. And that's, that's Everybody my, else was happy. That's my point. Some of these landlords did not want to do something. Section 8 because they honestly they wouldn't have passed the inspection. Right. Now that's not all landlords. Uh, like I said, when we work with landlords on rental assistance, 99.9% of our landlords in Paris are great and wonderful yep. and try to give the best properties they can. But with the new construction, especially if they're getting any tax credits, they have to offer that Section 8. So it, it is really good. And you know, most, again, I know we've talked about this before, most people on Section 8 are these single moms with kids. There's nothing, you know, scary or dangerous about them. They're not going to ruin your property. They just can't afford full rent. That's it. That's it. Uh, Okay. So, and to that end, on this this year's budget, you're going to be doing rental assistance and and the usual stuff? Yeah. So, we allocated $100,000 to rental assistance and $100,000 to utility assistance for 2024. Um, this year, I had to go back to my board, though, and we actually increased the budget for rental assistance to 125000 and we're going to hit it. So as of today, we have helped 154 families with rental assistance. We've spent 114000 and we've helped 404 families pay their utility bills. It's amazing. And we've spent 100000 there. Those are all unduplicated families. Uh, I want to veer off United Way for a minute. Yeah. Just to get closing thoughts from you from Paris ISD School Board. Yeah. Because, and you had said that, and you said it on a Sunday show that you were uh, going to be leaving the board because yes. your kids are all. Yes. Out. I knew I knew that I did not want to run for another term. I've always been a big believer in term limits. Um, I, I was there for four terms. Um, May would have been the end. But with a new superintendent coming in, now, all of a sudden, there was more Board of Eight training and bonding, and it didn't make sense to me knowing I was going to leave in May. Let's right. get that new person in there, allow them to become part of this team. Plus, it's always bothered me that the budget workshops happen from January until June, and our new board members come on in May. So they've missed the entire budget workshops. So they're then required to vote on a budget that they know nothing about. I remember my very first year, uh, 11 and a half years ago, um, I got there, I'm brand new, and we actually raised taxes. That was the last time we raised taxes. It was that long ago. And of course, now they're so much lower. And I got a lot of kind of pushback because I was like, wait, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on? You know? Um, And so... I just thought for that reason, it made more sense for me just to resign now. Why hang on for another seven months when somebody could get in there and get the training and get the training and and bond? That's one of the things that's so important and why I think Paris ISD has such a great school board. I mean, I had an amazing experience while I was there. And I think it's why it's such a great school district is that we had dissension, but we never had fights or arguments. Really, truly. Just um, we were disagreements. Most, yeah, but yeah, but, but always very. We were very tight as a board. Most of our votes were seven zero. Now, not all. Right. Um. You don't. You know. I, and I think that everyone always voted 
their conscience. I'm not saying there wasn't that, but it, it is very important to bond as a board. Um, so it's just it was just time. You know, you know a word that is not used uh, in the United States of America very much anymore is consensus. Right. Uh, I mean, we see it every day, and uh, all the stuff that happened in on Capitol Hill this week right. was crazy. Uh, that's not how we elect people to behave. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the senator and the Teamster Union uh, that, I'm talking about that to, one, but, and then uh, I got uh, elbowed in the kidney or oh, punched right. in the yeah, kidney. Yeah, Kevin and, McCarthy said he didn't do, you, do that. What do you, I mean, It's stop. awful. It's awful. And it's because, that's, it's just, now it's just bubbling over. Because they can't sit down and come to, uh, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, for those people that we elect up there, whatever comes out of up there should not satisfy 100% either side. No, 100%. And it does trickle down because if you remember back to COVID when school board meetings became, it became a a sketch on Saturday Night Live. And it was, it was crazy. And ours didn't get crazy like that. Even when, you know... It just didn't. And I think one of the reasons is, is because the school board that I was lucky enough to be a part of for 11 and a half years, we kept it inside the family, right? So once a vote was made and it was the majority, you didn't ever have people going out and talking that they didn't agree with it. Right. Even if they didn't, majority rules. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and I remember I had a couple of conversations with you through that whole thing. And, mm-hmm. and I do remember there were things that people weren't 100 percent happy with. But this is what we've decided to do. Right. And this is what we're going to do. And I always felt good about that. Yes. Uh, for any school district here that did that, that That's you right. said, this is this is what we're doing. Th- this is what the and, majority decided. And, and it comes from the top. Right. To say, OK. If we want to have show support to our teachers and our parents and our students and our administrators, then we can't be arguing up at the top, right? right. Like you, you keep that behind closed doors, or you know. But once a decision is made, then you all have to support it. And if you don't, just don't say anything against it. You right. can't be talking against your school board I when you're a part great. of it. That's yeah, great. it was a great experience, and it was a little bittersweet. You know, I was telling you, I was just at Aiken talking to them about volunteering, and you know going out and volunteering at a young age with all of our partner agencies and you know i just can't believe that you know all three of my kids went through aiken and that was just such a very very long time ago i've got three kids there right now yeah. and another one at crockett so yeah but, and to put it into perspective my youngest who is now a freshman at cu boulder go buffs he was at aiken when i joined the school board okay so that's how long i was there so was i was going to ask you so uh, in your term was the new high school open yet when you it had just opened okay. it had just opened because i know it, it was still pretty new when i got here but i got here 10 years yeah ago. my daughter was so that the when my daughter was a freshman the first class were seniors okay and she was at the junior high when i joined the school board so i want to say it had been open maybe a year um because then there was all the all the lawsuits i don't know if you remember that and that was all a part of like the the first year but okay to put it in perspective paul truel was still the superintendent when i joined the school board okay (laughs) so when people are like why is she leaving oh come on i've been there forever (laughs) been there for a minute let's talk about since you went to the school today and it's fresh on your brain let's talk about volunteerism which we've talked about before uh nationwide this is not exclusive to northeast texas 
that were hurting for volunteers. That's this right. is everywhere. That's right. Uh what what are some things that are being done now to try to generate more interest in folks volunteering? We've all become very self-centered with our phones. and Right. I mean, myself included. I say we all. I mean we all. Yeah. Uh, and then you get your life going and everything else. You can just, we've talked about this before, but there are partner agencies for you that would gladly accept an hour a month. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things I talked to the kids about was going out and being a bell ringer for the Salvation Army. Um, do you know that they have to pay people now to do that? It used to be 100% volunteer. And I do think it's what, you know, what I did today. I went out and talked to third and fourth graders and I said, you know, grab your grab your family, grab mom and dad or your grandparents or your church group or your your baseball team or your your dance class. You know, we we've got to start younger. Right. And I told them, and I do believe this is true, and this is the message that we have to get across. When you go out and volunteer, you end up feeling really good. Absolutely. It's not just because we are such a selfish nation, right? Right. You will feel happiness. You will feel better mental health. You will feel gratitude. You will be in a good mood. So, you know, we have all these problems with mental health. I say go out and volunteer. You know, grab your family, grab whatever group you have, and go volunteer. And it, you're right; it, it can be an hour. You you bell ring for an hour, like it's not a big deal. And I, you know, the Salvation Army is now feeding seven days a week, so you can go there. 365 days a year. They were just in this morning to, to talk yes. about the kickoff of the bell ringing, which yes. started today. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they're energetic, and yes. they're ready to hit it hard, and well, they're already hitting it hard. Yes, and anybody can go and volunteer there. You know, downtown food pantry. I know that they have the most volunteers. They have a volunteer base of about four hundred, but I do think it's because people like it. They can go. They can go for a, a short amount of time, and it's not a, a daily commitment. But most are not. You know, here's the other thing I told the kids today. I'm like, yes, you can go to all these nonprofit agencies and, and volunteer in kind of a structured way. Or you can do what we did with Fall Sweep. I'm sure everybody in their neighborhood knows there's an elderly person who can't go out and rake their leaves. Right. Ask mom and dad if you can go over there, knock on their door. I remember doing stuff like this as I was a kid. Yeah, me too. And would say, hey, can I rake your... And I did it because I knew there's probably going to be a cookie at the end. I mowed yards. Yeah. I I would (laughs) say I would mow somebody's yard. Yeah. Or, you know, just go and sit down. You know, the other thing you can do with volunteering is just truly spend your time. We we have, I was reading an a article the other day. We have an epidemic of loneliness. Um, it, it is related to phones. It is related to COVID. And there are so many senior citizens who are just lonely. Right. And you can, you know, I know a lot of times when my kids were younger, they'd go to the nursing homes and they would play board games with them or make them cards or whatever. But again, it doesn't have to be structured like that. If you know there's an elderly person, go volunteer your time and sit down with them, um, you know, and play gin rummy or something for 30 minutes. I mean, we have become, it doesn't always have to be these grandiose, oh, I went and painted a house for four hours. Sometimes it can be just something small. What was it that book uh, Alan Combs wrote? Tuesdays with Maury? Oh, yeah, but it wasn't Alan Combs. It was, um, 
Oh, what is Mitch? Mitch. Oh, um, yeah, he was, was a sports writer. But, yeah, but then he ended up with a talk show. That's why I got it mixed up with yes. Alec Holmes. Um, because they look alike, too. Mitch Album. Yeah, Mitch yes. Album. Yes, and Tuesdays with Maury was a great book and talked a lot about the giving back. And of course, he spent so much time with an elderly person. And yeah, so I, I think it's, I think the answer to it, I, honestly, Eric, is we've got to start younger. Um, you know, one of the things I love, and, and maybe a lot of people out here don't know this, is PJC baseball team has always had a huge volunteer component. Those boys call my office all the time, and they have to have so many volunteer hours. And they came out to fall sweep, and they did a great job. Um, I know that they've gone to the food pantry, and they've done some other things. Um, we need more coaches who do things like that. The junior college uh, in the town we were in in California, they used to go and put up Christmas lights for people. I love that. Uh, if they had Christmas lights they wanted to put up, that they, yeah. would, they would go and do it. Yeah. And then they sold, uh, for a fundraiser, they sold Christmas wreaths and... Yeah. Christmas, and, and I think a few Christmas trees, but it's mostly wreaths. Well, you know, the golf team at Paris High used to do that as a fundraiser. And I... If anybody out there, if you want to come and put up my Christmas lights, I will pay you. <laughs> that, I know there's got to be people around putting up Christmas lights. I think I, when I lived uh, when I lived in Reno, I want to say there was a sign in our neighborhood that. So there are people around here doing that. Yeah. So but you'd rather do it like as a fundraiser to it would help be somebody. Great as a fundraiser. Yeah, it is a great fundraiser. So somebody out there, you know, grab that. Okay, so uh, what are some of the other highlights? Uh, you only have one new partner agency, but you got a lot of partner agencies. Yes, we have 19 partner agencies. We'll be giving out $460,000 again this year. Um, the biggest grant recipient is still the Boys and Girls Club. Um, we not only fund the after school program at the club, but we fund an after school program out at Aaron Parker in Powderly, something that we're extremely wow. proud of. Yeah. Um, we've been doing it for about three or four years. It started with like 15 kids. That's now, brilliant, though, because yeah. it's a rural area. And yes. There's no place to go for somebody there's, like that. And it's just there's no way for those kids to get to the club and get back and for mom and right. dad to pick them up. And, and again, it's so important because it's not just about kids. It's about financial stability. Mom and dad need to be able to work till five o'clock. Right. And so, and we, we, uh, so it's been a very, very successful program. The second biggest recipient, speaking again, is the Salvation Army. We're giving them $63,000 next year just for their emergency shelter. Um, we are so happy that that emergency shelter is open again. Um, I was able to take hotel stays completely out of our budget because now I have somewhere that we can refer people to for just one night. Um, so that's really, really important. And then, of course, we've got all the usual suspects, you know, the Downtown Food Pantry and Children's Advocacy Center and CASA. And, um, Habitat for Humanity. Yes. And do you know that Judy Martin is retiring? I did not know that. Yes. Yeah, so Judy Martin, who has been with Habitat for 23 years is retiring at the end of the year. And so I think we're going to do um, a little retirement party for her at um, the United Way office. I love Judy so much. But she I, cares about that so much. She cares about it so, so much. I also think, and I haven't had this confirmed yet, but um, I heard that Kay McNeil at King's Daughters might be retiring soon as well. And she's been there like 35 years. So if that is true, I would like to have a retirement party for both of them. I'd love for you to come. Um, and we'll have all the agencies there. It'll be just like a, a afternoon cake and punch I, or thing. I would love to come. Yeah, that'd be I fun, right? I, I, you know, COVID happened. I would see Judy every once in a while. Yeah. She'd come in here and do yeah. a recording. And then once COVID happened... 
it was harder to come by because right, she was exactly. playing it safe. Yeah, so it's it's kind of um, scary when, you know, uh, an executive director has been in an agency a long time. But, you know, we look at, well, you know, I was so nervous when Sharon Eubanks left CASA. And then here comes Clint, and he's fantastic and has triple, quadrupled the number of CASA volunteers they have. Um, at the final report out for the campaign, we had it at the new CASA office. Have you been there yet? You should stop I've in. I've been by it. I have not been in. Stop in. They'd love to show you around. It's and Clint comes in fabulous. here every once in a while to go up and down the hall. Yeah, it's fabulous. I'm so happy for them. And they it's what they really needed. They needed to get off that horrible location out there off of 79 in the loop. And then right across the street is going to be the new Paris Metro office. I know. Yeah, so I, I had a meeting with them um, this past week. That's the old Big Daddies. That, yeah, so what I say, the old Pizza Hut. Um, and they put a door in in the front. Yes, which is brilliant. Um, but they also are changing their routes. So they right now have four 30-minute routes. They've just concluded this big, huge, long bus route study. They're changing their routes, and they're going to have two one-hour routes, which is going to be so much better. Um, they're still kind of hitting all the same points, um, but they are rearranging it a little bit. One of the things that they don't have right now is um, a bus stop at what, what I call Marabou, but if you're new here, they call it Paris Town Center. <laughs> I like Marabou. Um, but they said that, yeah, Marabou. But they said a lot of people wanted to go there, especially since there's all those new shops there, um, and they were actually using the tracks bus. And we don't want them using the tracks bus. We really want to save that for people who live out in the county, right? right so right. you can, if you don't know, you can always call, and it's like a dollar to get the bus to come pick you up and take you where you want to go. So, um, it, really excited about that. The, the kind of um, difficult thing is, though, is that the new office and the bus routes have to happen at the exact same time. Like, they have to be simultaneous because the bus route starts and ends at the at office. The, yeah. Yeah. So, it's um, that's going to be tricky. And then they are um, in the process of getting a tech stock grant that is going to give them 20 new bus shelters, which we really need. Yeah. Huge. And I just, you know, I when we first started getting those and the signs and everything started showing up, I put a picture on my Facebook page like, look at what we have. Yeah. Because towns this size don't have no. something like this. Absolutely not. It's it's just fabulous. You know, Paris is so lucky to have so many resources, yeah. right? We have so much to offer here for, you know, unfortunately, we do have a lot of people living in poverty here. We do have very high rate of food insecurity, but we have so many great agencies there to meet that need. I mean, it's just fabulous. It's just great. And of course, a lot of those roads run through the United Way, but we know yes. that there's a lot of other places that yeah. help out too. So yeah. it's good to have, you're right. There's that many resources here. It's just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, we do, we fund a lot of agencies, but so does the Ram Foundation, which is really great. And if you've never had Dee Faskin and you might you might invite her in. You're gonna need a, a bleep. She's only been here a couple of times. You're gonna need a bleep button though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have those. Now I got burned by that a couple of times. <laughs> I won't name names. David House. Oh my god. He listens Sunday mornings too, so he'll hear this. 
Oh, that's so great. He's so great. I love David. Uh, and, Lisa he, and, 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 you know, we talk about the resources that we have. Yeah. But then we have people like David. Who give so much back. That are resources. That yeah. just give so much so to the much. community. Yeah. Uh, and they're, and they're, and I talked about this with Sherry Bedford this morning, a reason to, to shop downtown and shop local for Christmas time is because these are the people that drive yeah. All of the nonprofit and youth sports and all these things that people are constantly going around saying, hey, I need this and I need that. These these little businesses are the ones that that drive it. Yeah. And, you know, we at the United Way, you know, we fight for financial stability and it's really for financial stability of everyone. And it's something I personally believe so strongly in is to shop local. I know it's not always possible. But I really do encourage people to try to do as much shopping here locally as possible. Because this, when you go out of town, that is why two months after Christmas, you see one of these cute little boutiques dark. Right. You know, and, and that's not what we need for our town. And it does have a ripple effect. To bring in more big business, to bring in more industry that has the high-paying jobs, you have to have an attractive town with adequate adequate retail restaurants housing it's a package deal so if you care about the overall economy even if you are out there and you don't really care about people who are poor and you just think that they're lazy and they need to get a job you do probably care about what the town looks like either way shop local well (laughs) and i had another twist on that this morning when i was talking to sherry you know when you start your christmas shopping and now this this is the Christmas rush. Right. Some people, they're all efficient and everything and shop all year long. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> I've not bought one present. When you start shopping, after a while, everything just starts to look the same. It, it and is It's like the same. all of the same brands and all this other stuff. You want to shock to the system in a great way to think outside of the norm. Go into some of these little stores especially like downtown go in there and look you're going to see things that you wouldn't see no. unless you went uh to some funky shop off of mckinney in dallas and it, all i mean absolutely it's so fun so the past couple years my daughter no longer lives in texas and when she comes home for thanksgiving we do all of her christmas shopping local and we have such a blast there's so many little boutiques there's always a new one we go into a little coffee shop like downtown coffee or paris coffee and we we have the best day yeah and then she goes back home in her high fluting big northeastern cities and she has stuff that nobody else has because they've bought everything at urban outfitters right exactly right that's you know? exactly right and so it, it it can work and it does work and these and it drives it, it drives, drives everything economy. we do here yeah yes absolutely well we're out of time oh wow that was fast <clears throat> i know that was fast uh but I, you'll be back in a couple of weeks awesome we'll get another update and we'll start talking about uh first couple of quarters of uh 2024 yeah i mean it's we'll be planning for the next fall campaign before you know it <laughs> we'll see you next week bye thanks You've been listening to Red River Valley Today, a public service of East Texas Broadcasting. If you have a suggestion for a guest, email eric at easttexasradio.com. That's eric at easttexasradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on Red River Valley Today.